Welcome to the Midlife Midsters podcast, your podcast for inspiration on being bold and saying yes to making the most of midlife. We're so glad you joined us today. I'm Carmen. I'm Marianne. I'm Marla. And today we have my friend and professional colleague, Christina Smith. Christina and I met on a project together. She is the president and chief strategist of DNI Strategist, and they are a firm that works with organizations assessing their culture and their diversity initiatives and provides comprehensive solutions to some very intractable problems that organizations have. Uh, Christina is a Washington, D.C. native. She's a lifelong Buddhist, mother of two, and a committed Washington Commanders fan, which becomes a topic of conversation between the two of us some days. I love it. Yeah. Uh, my husband is a big Commanders fan, so when they lose, there's yeah. a lot of sadness in my house. Um, after a long and successful career in training and development, she retired, and then there was sort of a little bug in the back of her head saying, I'm not really ready to do this. There's more for me to do. And so she started her firm. And we're here today to talk with her a little bit about what she said yes to in midlife. And I think there were probably things around that that weren't related to her career that made her say yes to this in midlife. But it's an interesting story, and I thought she'd be a great guest for us. So welcome, Christina. Thank you, Carmen. I'm really excited, really excited about being here. I'm very excited to have you. Um, so do you want to tell the story about how the two of us uh, ended up Working together? Yeah, absolutely. I was actually hired by another consultant to come in and do some work uh, where you sit on the board of directors or you were the uh, chairman of the board. And after we, my partner and I assessed what was going on there, we thought, you don't really need us. We had actually had another colleague that had come in that had done some work, and it was really um, apparent that our services weren't needed. Uh, we were on a Zoom call and there was a connection between us and you said, I know this didn't pan out, but I'd like to keep in touch because there might be an opportunity for us to collaborate on something in the future. And I said, yes. Yep. And then it was just kind of a random thing. We were working with another client and they had a particular diversity issue. And uh, I was like, call Christina and see if she wants to work on this. And I think we've been working with that client together for 18 months. Yes. It's been about 18 months. Um, so let's go to this sort of midlife transition because I think that's the board. I want to hear about yeah, it. We I can't it off. So you've been a learning and development professional for most of your career Correct. and then you went ahead and retired. But tell us a little bit about what happened in that retirement and then what made you sort of want to come back and do something else. So it was definitely, quote unquote, the retirement age. And all of my friends were retiring and they started talking about all of the places that we were going to travel together. And I was really getting excited about this. We were mapping out all over the map, all over the globe, where we were going to go. But for a couple of weeks, maybe two weeks, every night when I went to bed, I felt this pulsating in my chest. I knew it was not a heart attack, <laughs> but I couldn't figure out what it was. And I kept going to bed asking the question, what is this? And I've had these knowings before about different things, but this was really palpable. And one night out of a deep sleep, I sat up and I had a knowing that I needed to continue to do work around race, um, uh, justice. You know, it's just like we're not in a good place. And this was many years ago. And I thought, okay, that's cool, but that's a whole new, that's a whole new area. Like, where do I start? 
And I just kept asking the question, where do I start? And I'd go to bed asking, where do I start? Within two weeks, I went to a very small meeting. It was a workshop. And there was a woman there who had been doing race work for 30 years. And I thought, oh, this is simple. I'll just hang on to her coattails. I'll help her promote her business. Her name is Milagros Phillips. And um, she does great work in this field. We worked together for about a year. And then all of a sudden, I was getting opportunities and decided I was going to go on a slightly different path. And work just started coming to me slowly at first. And then all of a sudden, a lot of work was uh, coming my way. And this was even before the murder of George Floyd. And then after that, you know, for a lot of people during the pandemic, um, their businesses were slow, but because of the pandemic and because of the murder of George Floyd, my business exploded. Lots of people were saying, yes, we have to address this. So I was really busy. What happened to all those friends? Did they go out? Did they go without you? Oh, yeah, they did. <laughs> I was going to ask. postcards from all over the world. Did you go on any trip? No. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I have a question. I love the word that you used you woke up and you had a knowing. I yes. So I've Sam never too. heard that expression. Yeah. Yes. Was it? Um, it's not a voice. It's not a vision. I cannot explain it. It's like it. this drive that you have to, a voice telling, oh, no, it's, a voice. No, it's not a voice. I, I, It's very hard, but I've had it ever since I was young. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I used to tell my mother about it all the time, and she said, that's not possible. You're at six. She told me you're experiencing deja vu. And even at six, I knew what that meant. And so the next thing that would come up that I would have this knowing about, I was like, no, I've not experienced that before. I kind of squelched it because my mom kept saying that's not possible. Mm -hmm. And then it started later in life where I would have these knowings about different things. I love that. It's very profound. Mm -hmm. The very, I don't know. I can't. It's hard to describe. I, well, we felt it because both of us wrote, wrote it. It was like your mind and spirit are one in a way, and it's driving you to exactly where you need to yes. go and yes. what you need to do. Yes. And I I love that because you're listening to it. And maybe a lot of us have knowings and we might not listen right. to it. And so um, I, it's a little bit beyond, a lot of times we hear the phrase, a woman's intuition. It is a little bit beyond that. Yes. I know what that woman's, woman's yes. intuition is. This is something beyond that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. So what did you find challenging when you decided to say yes to this and make this transition? You know, that's such a great question, Carmen, because I, many years ago, sort of fell into reading a certain genre of books. I'm a, I am an avid book reader. I cannot help it. My mother was an elementary school librarian. And even when I was 18 years old, if I was walking past her room, she would pat the bed. And that meant, come get in the bed with me. I want to read you a story. I love that. I love it, too. <laughs> and um, so I just, I don't even know. I, I read, I think the first book I read was called The Instant Millionaire. And yes, it was about how an older gentleman taught a young, younger gentleman about how to get a million dollars. But it wasn't about that. It was like, how do you use your mind to craft and create that which you want, whether it's health or relationships or wealth? It's like there's so much of our mind, body, and spirit that we don't use. 
And so um, I had been reading so many books about this. And one time when I was in a particularly difficult situation, where I was at a job that I was really not happy about, I was coming home every day and feeling and thinking, I'm stuck. I am stuck. I, I don't know what to do next. I'm not happy here. I'm stuck. And this time I did sort of hear a voice that said, your prayer is being answered. Being stuck is your prayer, and that is being answered. And I thought, okay, I need to shift out of that. And I thought, I need a mantra. I need something that I'm saying in my head until I figure out what the next step is. And as you well know, Carmen, I came up with this phrase, I am moving in the direction of my greatest dreams. Okay. I got it right. Okay. So y'all, she told me that I was having a hard time with something. And I told Christina about this. We have a very unusual professional relationship. This is not the kind of thing I usually share with colleagues. And I, I said it to her, and she told me that story, and I wrote it down on a piece of paper, and it sits on my desk, and every single day I look at that and I say, I'm moving in the direction of my greatest dreams. I absolutely love that. Uh, We're all going to say it and now you know, every morning. Well, the thing about that is it's a placeholder. Even if you don't know what that is just yet, mm -hmm. it's a placeholder so you're not recreating. We co-create the experiences we have in our life. We co-create those. And we do it through what we think, say, and do. So if I'm thinking I'm stuck, I'm stuck, I'm stuck, I am stuck. There's no, You can't get out of being stuck if you are always thinking that. By putting that as my placeholder, I got really joyful and I got really excited. And I was like, this is amazing. I felt good. Even though I didn't have an answer, I felt good. Then I thought really quickly, what do I want to do? And my first thought was, I'm not sure. Okay, let that go. If money weren't an object, because back then my kids were little and I right. needed to add to the household income, what would you do? And I said, I love reading and doing research and sharing information with people. And I said, great, who does that? I said, people in training and development. And literally within two weeks, as I continued to think about that, there, a series of things happened mystically. And the next thing you know, I was leaving my company, going to another company. They did not have a training and development program. Within two months, they decided they needed one. I interviewed with somebody else for the position, got the position, and then they paid for me to go all over the country to learn how to be a trainer. Oh, my gosh. I am a true believer that we can do anything we put our minds to. Yes. Unfortunately self-doubt gets in the way for a lot of people to live their dreams out. Is there something in your childhood or the way you were raised or something no. innate no. that lets you not self-doubt? No. So is there a narrative in your head that you have to? Um, you know, I think. Because some of us just wake up and we don't have as much self-doubt, but there's a lot of people, and sometimes I do, right. but there's a lot of people out there and that has stopped them from accomplishing like the happiness and the success that you've been able to accomplish. Yes. So I'd like to hear a little bit about what you think is in you innately. So I, I don't think it is innate. Okay. Um, I had a girlfriend that, so that's a great question. I had a girlfriend who, um, we started reading the same books around the same time and she actually got it faster than I did. 
And one of the things that we realized is you have to position things as if you already have them versus I want this. You have to become what it is you want. You believe in it. Oh, yeah. And when I would have a conversation with her, her name's Michelle, and Michelle would all the time say to me, I, you just told me what you don't want. What do you want? And I never heard it. I never heard myself positioning things in that way. And she drilled that into me. I, I hated talking to her. <laughs> well, it sounds I, like you trained your brain to think yes. in a very positive way. Well, you really, there really is a difference between when we say, like, and I tried it on my kids when they were little. I used to always run into their room saying, okay, we don't want to be late. We don't want to be late. And guess what? You're we're late. Always late. Yeah. <laughs> so then I started saying, we want to be on time. We're, we're always on time. Always on time. And I'm not kidding. That's literally all I had to say. And that sort of reframed how they thought about it. And they're like, yes, mom, we're always on time. It's amazing. It's like yeah. manifesting. Yes. It's like shifting your thoughts and the energy around it is really so amazing. So you put the work in. Oh, the mental work. Oh, yes. You did. Yes. That's admirable. Yeah. Well, it's, um, it's serving me really well. Serving me. Really I can tell. Yeah, absolutely. So I have to ask this question because as I was preparing for this conversation, I went through your LinkedIn profile just to make sure that I had everything sort of chronologically right. Okay. And I noticed that you spent time as a relationship and an executive coach mm -hmm. and even worked with wim single women on helping them find a life partner. Yeah. How does all that fit <laughs> into this? <laughs> I was dying to know. I was like, I don't know that story. Yeah. So I have to tell you this. You know, everyone else in my family, they chose a particular career path and they just stuck to it. And I used to be the butt of jokes at every holiday gathering. The joke would be, okay, so where are you working this week or this <laughs> month? Because I, it looks like I've been all over the place. And I was saying right before we started, when I look back over my life, my life has been, and I'm putting in quotes, on purpose. There's been a purpose, even though it felt like I was all over the place. All of this ties in nicely, and I'm going to tell you how. Relationships, it's all about relationships. And the relationship coaching was about the relationship with yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you get the relationship with yourself squared away, then it's a lot easier to have a relationship with someone else. And I know people can't see you know, through the, um, through the podcast, but I am a black woman. I identify as a black woman. And, um, in, I remember in one of the sessions we did, there was a very, very dark brown skin woman. And in her family, she was the darkest person in her family. And she was really considered the black sheep in the family. And that did something to her psyche that made her feel not lovable. And we collectively, the women in that group, we, and she's gorgeous. If she were to walk in here right now, your mouth would, your mouths would drop open. She's absolutely gorgeous. Once we helped her really get that, something shifted. And then she's been in a relationship ever since. And that class was years ago. Mm -hmm. She's been in a relationship. So the relationship with herself had to we had to do some work with that. When you can get yourself right, 
and then your relationship with other people. And a big part of it is knowing yourself. And that's, there's, there's so much that we need to know about ourselves. And when it comes to connecting that to diversity, we all have biases. It's part of being a human being to have a bias. And most of us are good people with good intentions. But if we don't know how we were raised impacts how we impact other people, that's a problem. It's a, it's a real problem. So we need other people collectively to help us work through some of that. Connections are everything. Absolutely. I think that is how the world goes round. And I love that you're talking about the relationship with yourself or the connection with yourself. Mm -hmm. so if you don't believe in yourself and you don't have the self-confidence, um, you can't really establish other relationships with other people. When you walked in today, I did know a little bit about you through Carmen, but I'd never met you. Mm -hmm. But listening to you and seeing you walk in, the first thing I think of is like you're an illuminator. Mm -hmm. um, and I love that. And the way you're talking about relationships, I can't imagine that somebody being in your presence and working with you um, as you do in your guidance and, and the work that you do, that they can't feel better about themselves Absolutely. and actually do better work. Absolutely. So thanks for sharing that. Absolutely. I, I just, I feel so much joy. And honestly, I'm not kidding. Many, many years ago, I wrote out a mission statement for myself and I found it the other day. And my mission statement says, I help millions of people overcome their self-imposed limitations. Wow. And I believe it. I'm going to live to be 120, so I've got time. <laughs> <laughs> You've helped me just with a couple of quotes so far. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, you know, it, I think it's interesting. Um, you know, we've talked with life coaches. Um, we've talked about therapy. Um, and what you do isn't either of those things right. yet by name. It's not right, those right, things. Right. But what you shared and even something you were sharing earlier um, was so profoundly moving and uplifting, this illuminating or picking us up or helping people to find what is inside of them mm -hmm. that allows your friend to shine and have that confidence. Or Miriam, what you were talking about is how other people see you. Yeah. That being able to take those pieces in and allow and and have that allow you to build that sense of self. Absolutely. Um is so powerful to hear. Absolutely. Not everyone can do that. I'm glad you're doing it. Well, I think we're all supposed to be doing it. I think we're right. supposed oh, to. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. But I don't think everybody does. Well, and I also believe that it's been, you know, everyone's been on a different life journey. Mm -hmm. And I've tried to build on those things. And some of the things have been very, very tough, very tough. But I've just um, have really used those as stepping stones mm -hmm. to personally transform my own life and then to have the compassion to share with other people um, challenges. And I don't know. It's Let me ask you this. On your journey and your transition into something else, were there any specific challenges um, that you had that might have been a struggle or a barrier 
to achieving what you wanted to achieve? I mean, whether it's societal, whatever type of barrier it might be, was there anything there? So um, I don't know. I think my locus of control is within me. Yeah. So I don't see it that way. Mm -hmm. I wish I, you know, um, I I just don't see it that way. Well, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. I think it has helped me not get stuck. And so I do use a lot of mantras or I use a mm -hmm. lot of things. And one is when one door closes, another one opens. And that gives you a, a feeling of, um, okay, it is what it is. It's optimism. You know? Yeah, yeah. And I'll never forget, I was watching um, after the Boston Marathon bombing happened, there was a runner who lost both of her legs. Mm -hmm. And I'll never forget a quote that she gave, and I wrote down, and it's on my desk. And the quote was, I'm in relentless pursuit of forward progress. I love mm, that. Another good I one. I love that. I'm in relentless pursuit of forward progress. It just is so uplifting for me. So if I ever do feel a little like, oh, things aren't going the way I want, I look at that and I'm like, okay, all right, you had your moment. Get over it. Let's get going. <laughs> The narrative's important. Yeah. What we do ourselves. It is. It's true. It is. Absolutely. It is. Any other questions? I you go ahead, Marla. No, I was but I'm 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 feeling um very emotional mm -hmm. um in this conversation and, and feeling your spirit. Um so so I I hesitate to ask a kind of tactical question. No, but, that's okay. But as we were talking about what are some of the challenges people face, what are some of the um, mantras you share for yourself or for others, but for for women and, and maybe women who are single, um, don't have partners and who are looking to make a major career transition, um, you know, and, and don't perhaps have a financial cushion or a partner for not just finances, but other support. Um, do you, do you have any specific advice Absolutely. or how to get past Absolutely. that particular barrier? So at one point when I was making uh, a career transition before I got into um, what I ended up doing, I gathered I invited 20 of my girlfriends. Now, some of them were people I had used to work with or colleagues, and some were very close friends. Um, I invited them to spend an afternoon with me. And I used um, uh, a big meeting space. I provided snacks and drinks. And I told them I'm in the midst of making a career transition and I wanted them to help me brainstorm. And it was lovely. It was a sister circle. And I actually treated it like it was a workshop. So I divided people up into groups. And I said, okay, I want to see who's going to come up with the best suggestions. And it was fantastic. People were helping me solve my problem. They, mm -hmm. they were giving me all kinds of ideas. And one woman... Um, couldn't stay for the whole thing, and but we were going through some of the things that people came up with in their group. She said, I'm going to tell you, if you don't do anything else, this is the biggest thing that helped me in my career transitioning, hire a coach. Mm -hmm. And I did, and that person was a marketing coach, 
And she really helped me a lot because I had all these 101 different ideas. And she made me stay on target. She made me literally, you know, figure out what I wanted to do. And so I would say, yes, it's, it is challenging when you don't have a partner you can talk things over with and so on and so forth. But um, rent a friend. you know bring friends together and and just say this is what I'm this is what I'm doing this is I need your thoughts I need you to help me figure this out and then um when I knew that I was going to be retiring I just the the year before um I just really started saving money and and really making plans I envisioned what I wanted my life to look like, but then I took action. It wasn't just, it's not all this ethereal, right. you know, you, every day you have to do something towards that. And I saved a significant amount of money. Um, and so even as I transitioned into my work, I had stashed away money. And so I was ready to to go out there and do my thing. That's great. And now you're doing, you're still, you're, you are doing diversity work. I know. Yes. And can you tell me a little bit about that? Does it, are you inspired by what you're doing? I love it. Do you ever encounter where maybe? Yes. You're not. (laughs) Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because I am, I'm curious. Yes. It's great work, but I know it's challenging work. Yeah. And sometimes the end result's not. So I, exactly I what want to share it to be. Yeah, I want to share a story. Yeah. So um, about two weeks ago, about three weeks ago, I was working with a colleague and um, we were doing an online workshop around diversity. And there was this other woman is a very brown skinned black woman and she was sharing an experience and a white woman said, oh, I've had a similar experience. And my colleague was trying to explain, well, it's still a little different. And a white male said, well, I think you're just being the victim. I think you're just being a victim. And, you know, if you'd stop victimizing yourself, you wouldn't have it. It was like real, it was really kind of intense. And then I flew up to Seattle, Washington, and we were going to do an in-person workshop with this these two people, not two. There was a whole room full of people, but this gentleman was going to be there and this other, it was. And so I thought, "Mm, this is going to be really interesting. And after the workshop was over, this very tall white gentleman walked up to me and he said, I was really nervous about coming to this workshop. And I said, why? And he says, I don't know. I was just really anxious that I thought maybe it was going to be contentious. And I said, no, that's not how we work. And he said, I know. He actually got tears in his eyes. And I'm so sorry that I didn't say to him, can I give you a hug? Like he looked like he's real 6'3". Looks like he he really looked like he needed a hug. (laughs) But so it, you know. It's powerful. It is. It is. It was really amazing. It is powerful. And so, yeah, in some organizations you have some people who want to do it, want to lean into the work, and then in other or- and, and in that same organization, you have some people saying, we don't want to do this, Let, let's not do this. And so you just really have to meet people. I like to not wait. I like to meet people where they are 
and let's see how far we can go together. It's such that's, great work. That's been the the thing that I, I think Chris, Christine and I philosophically were sort of in that space of like, she's very good at speaking very directly to people, but without sort of undermining their experience and their own, you know, feelings about where they are about it. And I think that's why it actually works. Mm -hmm. Whereas I've seen this in other spaces and it, it doesn't work so well when right. you're really contentious with people. Right. So it's pretty neat. Do, do you think that's a learned characteristic or is that something that's innate to you? And and I ask that because I we've been talking about the instant connection, what we felt when you walked in the room, feeling emotional, listening to you share things. And there are people who just convey some type of spirit that allows you to reach people mm -hmm. deeply. Um, but again, with your training, I'm wondering how much of it is is just that it's so natural to you, but then you've built on it. So I think some of it is natural, but I also think my life experiences have absolutely played a huge part in where I am and how I connect with people. Um, I talked about the fact that I it appeared as though I was all over the place. And I say all the time, I'm really glad I am the age that I am. 35. <laughs> and that um, I've had the life experiences that, you know, you hear all the time, if it doesn't kill you, it'll make you stronger, you know. Mm -hmm. And so I have a profound appreciation for life. Mm -hmm. I have a profound appreciation for people who are different and really bow to and respect other human beings. And I think people sense that when I'm working with them. And um, so I think it's a combination. It's partly innate. Part of it is through the lived experience and partly is from the work that I'm doing. And the goal is to be impactful. And you can't do that if people are afraid or anxious or uncomfortable. And I do know that this is, these are uncomfortable topics but this is not about blaming or shaming people. It's about how do we learn from one another? I mean, we're, we're all trying to get this together. That's There's true. no one person, no one group of people have the answers. Um, we just have to rock back and forth until we... You mentioned earlier that you um, try to meet people where they are. Mm -hmm. Just using that verbiage a little bit, I, I, I feel like you allow yourself to truly be seen, mm -hmm. but you also want want to truly see the other person. Absolutely. And that's got to help with your work as well on both sides of individuals. I mean, that that's a special quality. Well, some people in the DEI world, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging world, would... Um, take offense to that. Really? Oh yeah. Some people feel like, nope, this Tell is what it now. no, this is what it is. And if you can't get with this, you're fragile or you're, you know, you, you yeah. need to get it together. It's you know. Mm -hmm. And that's not a put down. I mean it, it is what it is. There are many different approaches to all kinds of things. There are many different approaches to child rearing. There are many different approaches to relationships. There are many different approaches to Many different things. True. And I 
feel like there's room for all of it. And so for those people who really feel like, nope, this is it, that's great because there are people who need that and want that. I believe I like to meet people where they are and let's walk together. I love that too. Yeah. At, at the top of, of this um, podcast, you mentioned that Christina is a Washington Commanders fan. She is. Oh, yes. <laughs> but you also mentioned, and you specifically shared this, that she's a lifelong Buddha. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, she allowed me to share that. Yeah, so Absolutely. And and I keep coming back to that. When I first started dating, my therapist gave me this. It was a book about if Buddha dated and, mm-hmm. and was dating advice. But for this spiritual way of thinking of being and and I wonder maybe that also is a very important piece of how you respect human beings and and then allow for I guess their I don't know their inner beauty to blossom their inner goodness to come out or help have you help bring that out I am a hundred percent positive that that is correct I really deeply believe um, that the change in one person can bring about the change in our whole society. I really believe that. So my own personal transformation has been very rich, very thick, very deep. Um, But it, it's just, it's been an amazing journey. And it's very different from some faith traditions, again, not judging, it's just been the right thing for me. Mm-hmm. And really, it there's a deep focus on personally taking responsibility. Michael Jackson said it, was one of the people who said it best, I'm starting with the man in the mirror. And when we spend time working on ourselves, what we think, what we say, what we do, it's very profound how it can shift the energy with other people. Okay, I love the quote, I am moving in the direction of my dreams. Mm-hmm. That's something I'm going to take with me. Absolutely. Is there anything that you, are there any other quotes or any advice that you would give to any of the listeners to how they can move in the direction of their dreams yes. and maybe get rid of the things that might be inhibiting from yes. doing so that. So one of the things that um, I am a lifelong learner, I will be write, uh, not write, reading, I am writing a book, but reading uh, all the time. And um, one of the things that I heard just recently that was very powerful, <clears throat> there's a coach that's coaching me right now. Her name is Mary Morrissey. Phenomenal. And you can find her on YouTube. You can find her on TED Talks. And one of the things she said recently, and I'm taking a year-long program with her. It's called Dream Builders. And one of the things she said recently is, you cannot get to the dream. You have to come from it. Oh, wow, that's profound. I got to go think about that. Mm -hmm. It means you have to see yourself in the dream. You have to see yourself in the dream. Mm -hmm. You can't get to it. You have to come from it. And when she said that just recently to me, it took my breath away. It took my breath away. 
And so it is very profound that when you see yourself in the dream, so I wake up in the morning and I see the things as if they're already there. And I know some people feel like, oh, that's hokey pokey. Oh, no, 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 no. It has worked. It has worked. I, it's amazing. It's, it really is amazing. It really is. That's great. Anybody yeah. have any other questions? That that's been fantastic. I the only I question really, I have I, for you next is, can we can we you, you again? <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Because you remember, I've got to help millions of people. <laughs> we would absolutely love <laughs> for you to yes, come back. Exactly. But anyway, for our listeners, we're going to close um, our podcast now. But you can find us at AmericanMidsters.com. That's AmericanMidsters, M-I-D-S-T-E-R-S.com. Thank you so much.